This is Gib Bickle from the Laughing Ogre, and you're listening to Heroes Home Base Podcast number 17. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Mark. This is Rob. Hey guys, this is Rich. Let's all sit in silence. All right, boys. Let's. So... <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, it's been a hot minute. How's everybody going? Mark, how's the city? Anything changed since we last got together? No, no. Still quarantine. Still inside. Um, I we don't reopen until May fifteenth. Since we've been quarantined, I've been going through some of my books and really just refell in love with some of my uh, books that I've forgotten that I had. Some really yeah, great you sent efforts. me a message. So what was what, <laughs> you were like? I got to get this book to next con, and then you're like, uh, "Shit, I have it." So what was it? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a FF book um, in like I think it was like two forty one, and I forgot that I had it. And it was it's oh, the artwork. John Byrne is just a genius. I mean, John Byrne and the, his FF run was just is like such a classic era of mine. And so I forgot that I had a few of those books. And, I just re fell in love with the artwork and the storyline. And I've just, I went through those books and I saw that there are some that I don't have. So those are going to be my next major look for is when I go to my next con. So I, um, it's given me time to go through my books. I'm also re, re or actually I just started reading Pines by Blake Crouch. It's the Wayward Pines thriller. You guys remember that show, Wayward Pines? I do. It was on Fox. I do. Man, yes. if you thought the show was good, the book is excellent. So I'm halfway through that. It's a trilogy. So I have book one. So I've been reading that. It's keeping me busy. So, yeah. Awesome. Nice. Rob, what's going on with you, man? You stay- well, first, Mark, you staying safe and still washing your hands and not holding the subway handles and shit? Yeah, I, I'm still washing my hands, still staying in the house, not going out. Um I have my, one of my dear friends, Andy, who lives in Phoenix. His family, his mom, sent me a care package with a whole bunch of gloves and uh, Lysol wipes and things so I could wear my gloves on the train. And yeah. I have she bought she sent me a whole bunch of masks that I that a guy can use and dispose of after every use. So I put my mask on when I'm on the train, and it's just such a crazy, crazy, crazy reality now. And that's the new normal. And I went to go check my PO box the other day, which is right across the street from Midtown Comics, Midtown Comics Grand Central, and it was sad to see that the lights are off, that it's closed, that there's a sign on the door saying that it's closed due to COVID-19, you know, because whenever I would check my P.O. box, I would go right across the street. Remember, you, I took you there. Yep, yep. Right across the street. I'd go upstairs and check the latest comics, but I can't do that right now. So it was a little sad. But other than that, I'm staying safe. So is the city, is the city still like a, got like a Walking Dead vibe to it? Very much so. I posted on my Facebook page people who have taken videos of Fifth Avenue, Rockefeller Center, and and yeah. Grand Central. So many places that are typically packed. It's like it's like a, a ghost town. So I know you're you're working part time at at a grocery store, and you know I know you're taking some precautions there. Um, is Talk to me about like the subway. Like, is there like a fraction of the people that are usually on it? Like, what's your day to day look like? Well, the days that I do take the subway, it's not even a fraction. I mean, it's it's like me and three other people. And yeah. I take the tra- it's like at rush hour. 
Whereas yeah. typically you can't even sit. You can't even sit. It's just standing room only. It's only three people on the train. That's Mark insane, doesn't man. have to cut in front of people before the doors open now. No, not at all. Excuse me. Not excuse me. Do you find people? All. Do you find people being like extra cautious around you and stuff like that? Like I've been to the grocery store here in Ohio, and I'm like, I find myself being a dick almost, where I'm holding my breath when I'm by people. And, you know, I don't want to be like that, but it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, now people have brought Lysol wipes and they're wiping down the seats. Lysol spray and we're spraying yeah. the railings and the seats. At the grocery store, there are now uh, plastic barriers between the customer yeah, and the cashier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all the cashiers are wearing gloves and masks. Uh, pe- there's six feet, there are lines now all going all the way back to the aisles for people to maintain six feet distance. Um, are you guys taking a head count? That's how many people are in the store? Cause a lot of the grocery stores yes. and other businesses are doing that that are open. It's crazy. There's a line wrapped around the store now because there are only allowed 50 people in the store at a time. 15? No, 50, five, 50. zero. Okay. All right. It's really, it's, it's a new normal. I mean, it's like a ghost town. It's very quiet. It's a little kind of nice to get that it's so quiet, but I guess cause I'm not so used to it, but it's still, it's, it's, it's an eerie silence and people are freaking out because for example i was walking and i have my mask on but it fogs up my glasses Mm -hmm. so i just put it right underneath my nose and this woman yelled at me she was like you can still spread the virus if you don't have it over you know i'm like lady it fogs up my glasses i can't see leave me alone like are you kidding me try not to walk into oncoming traffic i'm like 20 feet away from you and she's like yelling at me i'm just like ma'am please keep it moving i want to leave me alone ma'am I'm just hoping, and you know, this is me just trying to be a little bit more future focused. I'm just hoping we can actually adopt some of the, the the better parts of the situation. Like maybe we'll all be better at washing our hands. So maybe overall we'll 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 spread germs a little less. But you know, that's just kind of wishful thinking. But I'm glad you're staying safe, man. Yeah, I absolutely. I worry about you. you every single day. But like, I, I was trying to tell that. the kids the other day that. It just came down, uh, I believe today, that school is going to be canceled for the rest of the year, which we kind of saw the writing on the wall when it came to that. But, you know, I need to brace my kids that they're probably going to go back to school next year with masks and gloves. Like, I just just feel that's going to be the norm going forward for a little little while. It's insane. Well, and for them, like, we don't know a lot about the kids. So it's like they would almost be doing that to protect the teachers and the families at home. So it's like... Yeah, they almost experience it indirectly, you know, like for the most part, they're staying pretty healthy. But yeah, it's just really different. I I was just to say for me, it's just kind of getting ready for uh, a newborn is stressful. Um, Becky's still doing an amazing job holding down the fort at home, trying to balance 1600 jobs at once. Um, I told her the other day. I, I probably take it for granted, but there's at least a sense of normalcy for me because I actually have to leave and, and physically go to work. But once yeah. I get there, it's not normal at all. But I guess I didn't even really take into account the benefits of leaving the house. And Becky took him to get some food at the uh, school today because they're offering still some you know, food. And they're both like jumping to get to the car first about Oh, just a car ride. Even if we're not even right. getting out of the car, it's a car ride. So it's like it's like a roller coaster right now. You can just tell it's it's weighing on everybody. All right, so uh, let's shift to uh, some comic book news as regarding this COVID nineteen bullshit. So um, it came down, I believe it was this week or last week, that San Diego Comic Con has officially been canceled for the first time in what twenty plus years since that's 
been going on. So isn't that's that a, something? That's a big blow, that's, man. I'm waiting on it to hit the rest of the the rest of the circuit. And Mark, like when we've gone to New York, man, it's in the Javits Center, and that's just I'm I'm sure that place is packed with makeshift hospital patients and stuff like that. Like, do you see it affecting New York City Comic Con? Well, it's not until October, so I don't think. Well, right now it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. But I I just checked the website and it's still on for October 8th through the 11th. So I haven't I haven't seen anything. That do you think this is gonna be like but... the first year where it's gonna be super easy to get tickets? <laughs> like people are gonna be like, eh. yes. I think it might stay away because there were sick people there. Yes. Well, I, I would have to imagine, dude, that there's probably just going to be at least some mild paranoia. Like, uh, we're going to go where the field hospital was. Like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to clean the shit out of the place, but you know, there's going to be some stigma attached to the Javits Center. V- vendors may not want to go there. Yeah. Right. I, people I, travel I from all across the country to come gonna, there. You're going to probably be able to get a t- uh, like a vendor. Uh, payment for cheap or whatever they're going to still try to fill it up but i don't know we're i i still have to cling to the fact that americans we are a strong resilient group and i think that we'll rally around and you may even see a shift in people's personality and they may be willing to go the extra mile for somebody and and be real giving in some regards and stuff like that speaking of that like i've been following do you guys follow jim lee on instagram by chance i've seen some of his stuff well, he's yeah. doing he's doing a promotion right now. It's called hashtag sixty sketches over sixty days, and it's to he he does a sketch a day and he auctions it off. I believe it's through eBay or another of means, but he's doing it to uh, all the proceeds go to brick and mortar comic stores to to uh, hopefully keep the doors open per se. And the last time I looked at, he saw, he had a post that over $100,000 had already been raised. And I think that was probably five sketches ago. And people are, people are lining up to buy this stuff. And it's, it's fucking amazing, dude. Cause like, it's just a regular sketch and he auctions it off. And the person who wins the auction gets to pick the next character that he draws. And yeah, that's I know cool. he's brought other artists into the fold and they're all sketching daily and stuff like that. And it's a hundred thousand dollars, man. Like, I just think that that's, that's pretty fucking amazing. And that's really cool. It's like the comic industry isn't going to let it die. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that at times like this, you know, I, I always go back to the, uh, good old Mr. Rogers, you know, focus on the helpers. And I think, you know, we tend to, cater to our better angels in moments like this even though there's just immense stress and anxiety which some of that's healthy we need to make sure we're staying safe and making wise decisions but you know it's i think in some times it's easier to see the humanity even though you got people yelling at you mark with your mask but you know (laughs) you also recognize that you know people are people are fragile beings and uh you know in the sense that you know we're not invincible, but We're it's good to know that there are people that care. Heroes. That's <laughs> true. We're Peter Parker without the uh, powers. <laughs> All right. So, Mark, I know you're a avid. You watch the previews. You you take notes of uh, the comic movies coming out. You're kind of like the the liaison in that regard. And have you heard any movie delays regarding this? So Wonder Woman and Black Widow both are delayed and got pushed back wonder woman was supposed to come out in may mm-hmm. oh and let me take a look here wonder woman was supposed to come out and it's now been pushed back to august 14th is the new release date 
Okay. Do we have so, any word on the Black Widow movie or anything like that? Black Widow's going to be out on November 6th. When was that supposed to be coming out originally? I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Um, Wonder Woman was supposed to come out in June. Yeah. Okay. And then it got pushed back to August 14th. Black Widow was supposed to come out May 1st, and then it got pushed back to November 6th. Oof. That's a big difference in time frame. I have to yes. imagine, you know, due to the... I'm assuming when the theaters open back up, they're going to be significantly limiting the number of people that are allowed in there. I'm wondering if there's going to be any of these comic movies that do uh, something similar to Trolls 2, how they just release it digitally. You just got to pay movie I did theater see prices. That, uh, they were they were flirting with that idea when it came to Wonder Woman, if they were going to release it digitally and in the theaters at the same time to you know recruit the revenue of it. But I don't know. I mean, I'll rent it. I mean, that's probably one of the only movies that's coming out in the near future that Becky would go out to see it with me. You know, Chris Pine and another Wonder Woman movie. Okay. All right, guys. So we did get a uh, iTunes review. Uh, let me go over this real quick. It is uh, from Crewfan99. This is a guy that I used to work with. It says, great stuff. What's the single must-read comic going on right now? And do you suggest any of the digital platforms for consuming comic books, or are you all paper purists? So what do you guys think about that? So obviously I'm a paper purist unless, you know, like Batman Noel, when I can't get my hands on a hard copy, I will I will do Comixology or some, you know, straight digital, digital platform. platform. Yeah, I'm, I've never I'm done any. Go ahead, Mark, what? I've never done digital ever. I've done it a couple times. Like that's how I started reading The Walking Dead because it was recommended to me, and that was in the time period that you know we weren't collecting, and I just wanted to read something. And I think that's the only time I've ever logged on to Comixology and downloaded books. And uh, I know we've talked immensely on this show about having to have the book in your hands and having to smell the paper and the ink, and it's just I'm definitely a paper purist and. Uh, I don't know to answer the question like um what's good now um I, i'm just gonna stick with what i've been reading uh I, i'm really intrigued with batman now it's really exciting to see a shift in that storyline um and i really i'm really enjoying the daredevil book that i've told you guys about and again it's matt's uh hawkeye book which mark i don't think you've been able to pick up the new issues of it and we'll, we'll seriously have to review that on the show here soon. I know we keep talking about it, but those would be my recommendations. And then um, uh, we're going to have Gib from Laughing Ogre on to kind of talk about the state of the comic book stores right now. And uh, we asked him, you know, some recommendations to uh, answer this question. So uh, we'll let him do that when we talk to him here in a little bit. So you guys have anything you want to add to that? Any good books to pick up or recommendations? I mean, the only, the only thing I'm really reading, I mean, it's not, new but it's obviously picked up in popularity is lock and key because of the netflix series um that's really the only thing i'm i'm i can really get my hands on right now but uh i've been really enjoying it got through the first or i'm sorry the second book um uh, last week um i'll be getting a mail order from the ogre to get uh, my hands on maybe three and four here mark you got any old storylines or anything um, any old storylines? Let me think, man. Um, just anything, like I mentioned earlier, anything 
with Fantastic Four, John Burns run, anything in that era. I think it's like 240 to 260 something, if I'm correct. But anything with John Byrne and Fantastic Four right now, that's what I'm digging right now. Hell yeah. Loving it. All right, so we're going to have Gib Bickle here um, to talk, like we said, about the state of uh, the brick-and-mortar comic book stores, and we're going to ask him a few questions. So uh, without further ado, here's Gib. How are we doing, buddy? Awesome. How about you? <laughs> Surviving. Was that the dog? Yes. She hears people in the room. <laughs> Sick people. What the, what the heck is going on? All right, Gib. So... Let's talk comic store business. When do you think you're going to be able to open? Hard to tell. The governor says he's starting to reopen the state on May 1st. What does that mean? I do not know. You know, will he start with curbside? Will he start with the last people he closed, which would be retail? Or will it's just hard to tell. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about it on our last show that you guys did a, uh, or somebody set up a GoFundMe for the staff. And how did that go? Because we donated Oof. fifty bucks. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. No, it went it went really well. Sweet. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't. They got like almost fifteen hundred dollars a piece. I think. Nice, nice, fantastic! Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, ogre customers are amazing people. Very generous. Very I saw thoughtful. that it exceeded the amount really, really quick. It did. Okay, so let's talk business i guess what what's going on with diamond i know that you and i touched base really briefly but um what 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 are you hearing as a as a retailer what's what's the scoop well they they had to make a a real tough decision so you've got when they made that decision to stop shipping books you've got probably in the neighborhood of 60 to 70 percent of the comic stores around the nation that are closed and can't sell books so if they keep shipping books to those stores, I mean, you're talking like four to six to ten thousand dollar bills every week, and you have no way of selling those books. Right, right. The stores that are open, they can't get new books in, but they can sell what they've got. So between the, I mean, there's no good decision to make, but I think they did the only thing they could. Those guys still can sell what they've got, but if you're closed. You're, I mean, they'd they'd probably put half the market out of business if they didn't stop. Books. Right. Yeah, because that that's what sense. is that like an automatic? Like you get your shipment and they're taking the money right away, almost like a credit, and then you don't have a way to pay it back without people buying the inventory. No, I mean, it depends. It's like anything else. Though. Sometimes you're on term, sometimes you're not. A lot of guys are on COD, so when that thing comes, usually UPS. They want their cash right there. You pay the cash, then you get to sell the books to recoup the cash. Oof. Right. But, I mean, if if you're in it for a while, it's not hard to get 14-day terms or even 30-day terms. Right. Okay. That way, if you have a big week, you've got a week or two to, to move some product before you have to pay for it. Uh, so this shows my complete lack of understanding of the industry. I have to apologize. So do all the publishers funnel through Diamond and then Diamond's, Diamond is like the distributor to all retail? Okay. So uh, and, and there's tons of ignorance around there, guys. So don't ask anything you want to know. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, seriously, because I see the things people post online. I'm like, you have no clue what you're talking about. Right. You know, right. And Diamond takes Diamond takes all kinds of crap all the time. Like when we were talking, they're not the best partner 
that I've ever had, but they are they are far above average. Okay. Mm -hmm. they, there are so many yeah. things they do as a distributor. For one thing, they've kept 20% of the stores going. When those guys got behind, they could just shut them down. But they they have they have made loans to so many stores over the years and kept the industry going. Um, if when I get my shipment, I count it all, and if I tell them there's something missing, they just take my word for it. Okay. They, nice. you know, they're uh, so now there are people that are not as above board, and if, if you just keep calling stuff, hi, cat. <laughs> <laughs> if you just keep calling tons and tons of stuff in short, I'm sure there are certain parameters. You The variance goes so far that they'll actually call you out on it. But for the most part, I've never had a distributor that just took your word for anything you say is short. Okay. So get back to the question. You've got Diamond has exclusives with Image, Dark Horse, Marvel, and DC. But I know for sure those are those nobody else when diamond is shipping now uh, they're not shipping so dc's going through some other means but when diamond is shipping those four publishers go through them and them only okay gotcha. i know you just they, touched on that that's what that's what i was reading about is dc's trying to make an alternate alternate around that through this whole thing what is that all about you know i don't know for sure what's in it for dc uh maybe they're looking to only be or be the only major publishers that shipping books Maybe that they're looking for um, some kind of great arrangement with the, the two, quote, distributors they're shipping through are actually the biggest online discounters. Okay. It's DCPS and uh, Midtown. So they're, mm -hmm. they're, big, they're, they're big, deep discounters, which most retail brick and mortar, I mean, we're adversarial against them. They, they, give, they give really deep discounts. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and people come up to me and says, well, if I can get a better price, I'm like, yeah, listen, what you're telling me, you go to work tomorrow and someone says, hey, you're going to be replaced because I've got a guy that's going to do your job for 75% of what I'm paying you. So you're out of mm -hmm. here. And people are like, when they come to me and say, well, you know, I just want a better price on my on my books. It's like, yeah, but, you know, these guys, they don't they ship out of one place, you know, and it, they don't have the overhead that that we do. And so. Yeah, it's just it's just tough to compete with that. So it's like so, DC's trying to get their books out, but at the same time, they're not really following with what Diamond's doing because there's no way for you guys to sell them right now. So what's the whole point? You know, I I, I don't know what it's in it for DC. Maybe they're just trying to get some of their books out there. The only like I said, they're the only one shipping. Maybe they've got this thing going with with these two uh, retailers that hey, you're going to get prime space on our internet site. We're going to push your product more. I don't know what's in it for them, okay. honestly, because the books they're shipping, they're not the. They, I think Justice League is the only book that's a main book that they're shipping. It's like four or five books a week. Maybe it's, you know, it might be that they're just looking because I mean, imagine if you're not shut down, you're one of those states is not shut down. It's like, I need new books, right? Yeah. You no, know, those guys are those guys are chomping at the bit to sell new stuff. So maybe it's DC's way of of throwing them a bit of a bone. I don't know. Okay. So do you have like a uh, like a local representative for Diamond? Like is that how that works or is it all like corporate stuff? Yeah, it's it's all national. They've got their their people are in Baltimore. Gotcha. If you call customer service, they're all in Baltimore. They've got three gotcha. warehouses across the country. Uh two regular shipping warehouses and then one like a 
a big reorder kind of warehouse. If I remember right, they're at three. Gotcha. So, Gib, do you get to, um, I mean, have you looked into, I know this is kind of on hold, um, the PPP, like the payroll protection stuff passed by Congress. I know they're trying to get another wave for small businesses. Are you like eligible to potentially go down that route if they get more cash for loans? Yeah. Um, since we're part of a three-store chain, that's all done at corporate. And, okay. and Chris did a, he did apply for them. He's been approved. It's uh, And one of his stores got the funding, and then he's hoping that the the next the other two stores will get it when they have approved additional funding. Yeah, my wife's employer is small business, and they got approved, but obviously it's the tank is empty now, so they're waiting on, you know, can we get more money to fund that? So I'm always curious about, like, art and commerce, and so, like, I was always curious, like, do small businesses have emergency funds the way people do for certain cushioning and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's just like just like people. If you're looking ahead, you, you have capital put aside for these kind of situations. Oh, so I, I was mean, curious about this. So you do? Sure. To an extent, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, and have you heard from a lot of people, like, are they missing their comics? You know what I'm saying? Is it like once the doors are back open, are, are they going to like wanting to like not necessarily flood the store but are they going to like are there people missing their comics break down the damn door right now with my mask on and just buy every fucking thing i see (laughs) yeah no i I, i'm sure that first week will be really strong sales wise we we go in on mondays and ship stuff and so we're selling thousands of dollars worth every monday just people can't wait they, people just can't wait, and they have to have it shipped. Because, I mean, especially now at this time, I mean, I'm here in New York, we're shut down until May 15th. So I'm, like, slowly reading my books <laughs> so, right. until things reopen because I need something to do during the day. I'm working from home. So I I, I was just curious about that because I know I can't wait for the store to open and go back and start to get my books and things. So, yeah. I like to consider myself a VIP, Gib, because you did go in, and I saw your Facebook <laughs> post, and I really – Really, really thank you for hand delivering my books to my house since I'm I live relatively close to you, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm right. getting special treatment, but I like to think I am. <laughs> yeah, actually you you and Bob Nunley on the way home I dropped you guys off. You are the man and you got me through. <laughs> so and I don't so are you guys so if new books aren't coming in but is there a way to like place an order and get something shipped out of the store? Like, you know, if I want, you know, lock and key four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically we go we have all the emails uh where people were look what they're looking for and then they build up over the weekend on Mondays we go in and ship stuff out. Okay. So you, I I thought that's what you guys were doing. I just want to double check. That's yep. really handy that the uh post office is right next to you. Yes. I actually <laughs> yeah. put everything on a dolly and walk them down. Hell, hell yeah. Yeah, because the parking situation over there is awful. You're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) As my buddy Mark always says. (laughs) That's right. I mean, what what could be more essential in a quarantine than your comic reading stuff? Oh, my God. Seriously. No idea. (laughs) And can I tell you personally that I always, like, for certain cons that have now, that I was going to go to this year, like, I was going to go to Seattle to the Emerald City Con. I can't do that. I was going to go to My High Comics in Denver on May 7th. I can't do that. So I always keep a list of books that I want to look for to, you know, when I go to those cons. And can I tell you, as I was going through my books and my, my through my boxes, I found something that were already on the list. So I'm like, this quarantine has kind of been great. Like, nice. Because I ended up finding books I didn't even know I had. So it's been great for me. 
I call that keep a better uh, catalog there, sir. What's going on over there in New York? I, well, can I tell you, I've always, it's, and I've always been spot on. My, my catalog is in my head. And this is really the first time in 20 years that that has ever happened to me. That so really, really, it really is in your head, man. It you really, really is in my head. I really do know every single one that I have. So I, that's the first time in 20 years that that's ever happened to me. It's such a pleasant right. surprise. Yeah. All that water you're drinking, Mark. Keep hydrated, I, man. We need you right. healthy. That's right. All right, Gib. So before we let you go, I have a question that uh, we did have a review on iTunes and what books can you recommend that are really hot right now? Like I'm biased. I've been reading the same books, you know, you pull my stuff every week, but like what is really, really good right now from, it doesn't have to be mainstream, but what would be a good recommendation for somebody coming in the store? Like uh, specifically a new floppy. Yeah. Um, Probably the one that the newest book that you could probably still get pretty easy is uh, Once in Future. Basically, somebody bringing back uh, King Arthur. Nice. Mm. It's really strong. Uh, Something's Killing Children's pretty good. Kind of a Bucky the Vampire Slayer vibe, but this girl goes around and fights monsters around the country. Nice. Well, supernatural vibe there. Uh, So, I have a question for you. So, the masked catalog that's in your head and your heart. What is kind of your go to book in just situations like this that kind of just give you hope a nice little time to escape and kind of enjoy you know the fantasy genre of comics while we're all trying to stay alive i would go the the three books that i've got that i reread because they're just so comfortable and it doesn't matter how many times i've read them i still enjoy them hellboy usagi yojimbo and bone i just actually read bone uh, with colored scholastics off the sun's bookshelf last night loving it those are those are all books that are done by a single person, you know, so you, you know you're always going to get the same writer, the same artist. And mm-hmm. they're just, again, they're infinitely rereadable. Loving it. I'm reading Bone with Jensen right now. He's enjoying it. We're working on sight words. Well, there are plenty of sight words in that book, so. <laughs> Excellent. I really appreciate your delivery the other day, and I really hope that, uh, so we're thinking May, first week of May. Yeah, Diamond's probably not shipping new stuff probably until the end of May. Okay. Okay. That that's I don't know that they've actually set a date yet, but um, it's probably going to be the end of May before we start getting new books in. We'll get those DC books in starting the first week of May, I think. Okay, and then hopefully Comic Book Day will hopefully be this summer, maybe. Yeah, it's going to probably fall, maybe winter. It's hard to tell. Nice yeah, trick or treat, yeah. free Comic Book Day, trick or treat or something. <laughs> right, good. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it. You think October? is probably when most people are trying to schedule stuff now just yeah, to be yeah. on the safe side. Come and in with you, your yeah. costume on for a free comic book day. <laughs> and quick question now that, uh, and I, and just in general over the past, since it started, like, you know, since the beginning of like, since 2008, when all the Marvel and DC movies and everything started coming out, do you see stronger sales around the time the movies are released? You'll have a lot of people like specifically the certain storyline, like, you know, infinity gauntlet, before that Civil started War. Civil War. So leading up to like the week before, you see a lot of people that want to know what what the source material was. But once the movie's there, people are on to the next one. Not okay. completely, you know, it's always going to be a little more top of mind. But for the most part, all yeah, leading up to is when it really hits. 
Because I'm just, you know, I'm enthusiastic for for you guys for when all this is over for you know because now wonder woman has been pushed back black widow has been pushed back so i just i just want like i said you know when we first when you guys first reopen i just want that push for you guys to just for those sales to go up and for you to guy for you guys to you know just gain continue to stay strong and gain capital so that's why i was curious sure the biggest ones usually are the ones that are brand new with the exception okay. of the Avengers, but like Lock and Key, we've been selling a ton of those. Umbrella Academy generated so many sales. Mm. The, probably the biggest one of all time would probably be Walking Dead. Okay. Nice. And one of the things was, because it's got two premieres and two finales, because they do those two, mm-hmm. basically two mini seasons. So yeah. people come in, they oh, it's the premiere. Oh, it's the finale. Oh, the premiere. So four times a year, you kind of be prompted to either catch up or start reading that book. Yeah. It's been a couple of years. It's tailored off, but for like 10 years, it was just really, really strong. Yeah. And of course, Watchmen, that movie generated tons of sales. Tons. Yeah. So I've heard um, that kind of what you're saying, we don't really know what May 1st looks like. I've heard some, some reports that we may be doing kind of this uh, dance, so to speak for, maybe even more than a year. So like, you know, some of we're reopening yet. We're still kind of engaging in some sort of, you know, social distancing to some extent. I'm just, uh, I'm hoping that we can continue to kind of support you guys, no matter what the, the dynamic looks like. Get some quarantine packs at the ogre. Right. (laughs) I imagine what they'll first do is they'll start limiting how many people could be in the store, you know, and, you know, just talk to staff about, you know, you got to have your temperature taken when you come in and yep. you know, a lot of little things like that. Oh, they're definitely doing that at my work. We got a gate that you got to scan your badge and get in. And there's a, we have like a guard shack that's been turned into a nurse's station where they take your temperature. Wow. Yep. Two shifts. It's, I'm, it's pretty intense. I'm just going to say though, cause we had uh, one of the psychiatrists that I work with on our last episode and he's a big Batman fan and uh, he really wanted a, a Bane mask. I'm pretty sure comic book staff can come up with some pretty creative masks that you could wear if you have to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box here. Like we might be able to capitalize on this, maybe a mask competition or something, you know? Right. That would be the shit. My wife already these... made me a Batman mask, so I've got like a cute little Batman mask with patterns, Excellent. but I can't wear it at work. I have to wear it when I'm not at work because they're like, we can't vouch for how safe it is. So wear the stuff that's a tissue and it's uncomfortable. So I thought maybe they were doing the endorsement thing. Like, hey, you can't endorse a comic booker. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When, Well, we were on the set of Chasing Amy and I had a Nike shirt on. I had to turn that thing inside out so they couldn't see the swoosh. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> That's why you know if you watch a show or some documentary and stuff's blurred out, and yep, didn't have yep. consent for that one. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Gabe. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time, man, and I uh, hope to My see pleasure. you really, really soon, buddy. Anytime you guys the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gabe. Gentlemen, take care. You too, buddy. Yep. Be safe. You too. Bye-bye. You too. And that was Gib Bickle. Always a pleasure talking to him, and uh, we could talk to him for hours. I think we could all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next, uh, we're going to continue our home-based communications. Um, a good buddy of mine, I used to live next door to him, uh, worshipped in the same church for a really long time, uh, Jesse Weber. Uh, he was kind of one of the people that I pitched the podcast to early on, and he's been willing to kind of check us out 
And um, I think he said listening to the podcast kind of got him reconnected to comics. So without further ado, we've got uh, Jesse on the show. All right, so let's let's get this thing rolling here. So, um, so Jesse, I know you were kind of one of my um, pilot people that I kind of asked, I uh, kind of uh, pitched the idea to you, and you were gracious enough to uh, listen. Uh, what application do you listen to the podcast, and um, do you kind of have a preferred platform? I, pre- I guess pretty much. Oh man, that's a pretty me on the spot. I use a, a podcast app called Overcast. Okay. So it's a different, uh, it's not like, it has to link into all the other podcasts too. So same as like Apple or whatever. Um, but it's, um, it has a lot more control over, I can speed up the, the playback speed of podcasts or I just kind of like it a little bit better for the, the control that it gives me over that. Yeah, I remember when you listen to books, you're like flying through, <laughs> like super speed. <laughs> yeah, I got I have like a 40 minute commute one way to work. So I gotta, I gotta keep it moving. I gotta... <laughs> audiobooks are are too a little too slow that's true nice true that's right can you tell us when did you first fall in love with comics or the genre so that's a, an interesting question um i love that kind of question when uh my mom a couple years back uh, i'm the oldest child of seven kids and she tells me that i'm her favorite she tells all of them i'm the favorite too so that, <laughs> uh, i don't know what that says um but i'm going she made me a, a scrapbook of like pictures of me from all the way back from when I was a kid all the way up through now and uh I was looking at all these pictures and there are so many pictures of me wearing a Superman shirt like as a kid as a baby uh and like I never read Superman comics like growing up um but I love Superman I love the concept of him my mom had a story about uh there was a day where I was like a kid and I was wearing like my new church shoes or something and I had on a Superman shirt with a, a cape that was like velcro on it and I thought I could, I had it in my head that I could fly. So, like, I jumped from, like, a table, from a picnic table, tried to grab on to, like, the clothesline to slingshot myself in the air. Uh, and I, I don't think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going through it, I looked at all these pictures, and I've, I've loved the, at least the idea of Superman for all my life. Uh, there's been a concept of me having, like, a Superman shirt and kind of rocking that out. Um, but then in... Uh, middle school, I had some friends who uh, one night, like, I was over at this slumber party, and they were like, oh man, you gotta check out these comics. And so they were really into uh, the X-Men, Ghost Rider, Punisher, and like Wolverine. And they had all these, like, rules, like, you can have uh, two comics in, in one plastic sleeve with, like, a backer board if it, as long as it's not, like, the Punisher or Ghost Rider or Wolverine. <laughs> Those, it's one only. Uh, so they had all these, <laughs> these roles, um, but they got me hooked. So I started like, I really got into the, the X-Men um, and I had a, a neighbor who really liked um, the new mutants and he really, and he had a subscription to the incredible Hulk. So like he and I would like share these comics and read them all the time. Uh, so I read a, a lot of those comics uh, in middle school and high school. Um, never read, I didn't read much DC uh, in high school or at that point. And then after I graduated high school, went to college, I was too broke to buy comics for a while. Right. <laughs> um, but I, every once in a while, I would try to check out. I'd read some web comics and that kind of stuff to kind of kind of feed that urge. Um, and then when I graduated and I had a job and all that, I started reading like trade paperbacks. Like I like being able to read like six issues at a time. Yeah. Uh, and kind of get the the full story. And so I got really into stuff like I really liked uh, fables. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, 
And the first, I mean, all of it was amazing, but the first hundred issues was like a solid run where they just told one story from beginning to end and the story just blew my mind. Uh, and just seeing that and how it, it didn't have to always be uh, like superheroes and didn't have to, like, it just opened my mind to what all the, the genre can be. Um, so I read a lot of that. And then when my mom gave me the scrapbook, I went and looked at it and I saw myself with all these Superman pick, uh, shirts on. I'm like, why have I never read Superman? <laughs> so I went and I started reading Superman uh, right around the time um, the rebirth started. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so I jumped back and I read like all of the rebirth stuff too. So I could read like all of Superman and, and kind of get a feeling for where, where that's at. And I really like uh, the modern Superman where he's like a dad. Like I don't have kids yep, or anything like I that, love but that too. I like, I love Superman being a dad and just having a family and, that's amazing. Well, you nice. don't have kids. You don't have kids, but you're good with kids. I mean, when we were going to church, my kids always loved you flying with them in the multi-purpose room. Well, yeah, that's a, the secret I know about kids is like treat them like adults and lift them over your head, and they seem to like it. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, that kind of segues into works. my question, Jesse. Uh, do you currently have a collection? When did your collection really start? Yeah. Uh, so my collection, I have um, all of the Fable trades downstairs. So I, I kept up with that through throughout the time because that was just the way I like to read it. Uh, but in the last couple of years, I've been collecting. Um, I collect uh, Superman and Action Comics. Uh, my wife collects, uh, she reads Black Panther, so we, we get that for her. Um, and I just started reading, getting uh, issues of, of Thor as well. I really like what they've been doing with that, and that's just been, been really awesome. And then I also have a su- subscription to Marvel Unlimited, so I can just go and read whatever backstories and bulk that I want. Nice. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. It's a great way to do it. Um, there, you got, I've heard you guys talk about how having the paper in your hand is, is the best. Uh, and I don't disagree with that, but when you want to read a hundred comics, going and trying to find them all is kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes yeah. you don't have a choice. Um, so is it fair to say that Superman is your favorite hero, or do you have any, like, I guess, what's your top three favorite heroes, if you had to rank them? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, definitely Superman's my, my top favorite. Um, he is just, he's aspirational, like... Uh, I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, Rob, but like everything that bad that's happened to Batman also happened to Superman, except Superman didn't whine about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Batman's a bitch. <laughs> 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 uh, so, Jesse, we, so, we just we just became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I, re- I mean, I really like Superman. Uh, just and I like that people say he's a, a boy scout and all that, and I'm I'm down with that. Like I like that there's a hero who is good and he uses his powers for good. I'm I'm innocent and naive that way. So now in that. a little bit of history though, Jesse's been throwing jabs at me like that for a long time. Like he would just slide in and text me a video of Spider Man killing Batman, and be like, "See, Superman <laughs> wouldn't lose." <laughs> so yeah. it's all good. I, lo- I respect Batman. Like I like Batman. I think he's he's a good character, and I've been really I haven't read any of the the recent stuff, but I've heard really really good stuff about like the latest Batman run. That I've kind of wanted to go check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, don't know, I, I would highly recommend much. it. Tom King is finally off the book, and I would highly recommend jumping on Batman at this point for sure. Cool. I'll give that a, uh, I'll give that a, a read. Um, and then I bought my my second one was probably be Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the the recent stuff they've been doing. I liked when Thor became unworthy. I like character arcs. I like growth, um, uh-huh. where he became unworthy and he, he kind of had to earn his way back. Uh-huh. And I like um, 
Jane Foster picking up the the hammer and being Thor for a while, and just I thought that was really really awesome. Um, and then my number three, uh, that's I have no idea. Um, I mean, I I like a lot. If I were to go with a, uh, I'd have to probably pick something from like Fables and pick like uh, Big B, the Big Bad Wolf. Like he's just another uh, character who had a lot of growth and development over it, over the whole run of the series. Cool, nice. I love that you said that like you you discovered what the medium could be like i know rob and i talked about it before where bone was just a totally different character that we had read and we were just so used to the superhero and the tights and all that and it was just a a breath of fresh air to read something else that the comic medium had to offer and that's that's really cool i like that yeah bone was really good stuff i I really liked reading bone can you tell us what were some of your i guess kind of your favorite comics or stories or movies from from the genre? Sure. Uh, so probably my favorite um, comics are, are, I like the ones where they, they take an existing the status quo and kind of shake it up or let's see what else could be. Like uh, the one that immediately pops to mind is like the, um, oh, Age of Apocalypse story for the, the X-Men from the 90s. Ah, where nice. They just took everything and like they just threw it in a, a big and said let's just change this one thing and then play it out and see what happens so i love that kind of stuff i like the the elseworlds kind of stories too like yeah. uh, superman red sun or kingdom come uh, was an elseworld yeah yeah that's good stuff so i like the, i like it when you take the status quo and then it feels like when they they do that they can free up they, they get more freedom to do crazy stuff like with flashpoint where like oh you yeah can have people di- you can have people dying you can like they never do that in in mainstream continuity and have it like have lasting meaningful change but when we when we take off all the safeties that really makes things really really good um and then i like all the marvel movies i think the marvel has done a, a really good job of of building and maintaining their brand of telling compelling stories um i have not been a big fan i know you guys are big fans of the the uh, DC movies, but they they haven't done much for me. I don't I don't like Superman killing people, and I don't like like I feel like Superman should have found a way to take that fight outside of Metropolis. If he had to if he had to kill Zod, okay, that's I can get that. But if he's fighting inside Metropolis, I don't I don't buy that. I appreciate that. Okay. So my question is, what is your take on all of the comic movies uh, out right now? So if you had to pick a favorite, we'll just we'll we'll say that if you had to pick a favorite. If I had to pick a favorite, mm. uh, I'm gonna have to say probably like Into the Spider Verse. Love mm. it. Nice, nice pick. Uh, Into so... the Spider Verse is just really great. I like how they they combined all these different realms together and and just did a different take. Uh, I like Miles Morales as, as Spider Man too. Uh, he's just amazing and i like that different feel on it so you gotta like mm-hmm. uh brian michael bendis on superman right now because he's the one who created that that character right so i liked uh bendis's work on in like the the ultimate marvel universe i, I really liked ultimate spider-man uh the x-men were pretty good um i don't know what i think about him on on superman right now i'm glad you say uh, that because he's not my number one fan <laughs> no like what I liked about Superman when it came back to it was like Superman had a family. He he was rock solid with Lois. He would, like everything was good. And Bendis came in and said, "I don't even know, I don't even recall the name of the guy he he had command and crash Superman's world and and Robozar. Uh, sure, that's how meaningless like the guy was to me. Like, like, <laughs> right, then, right. You just bring this character in and you're just like, who the fuck is this? 
<laughs> right. Who? If there was no build up, like I had, I have no idea who this guy is, what his backstory is, or why he has a gripe with with Krypton or or anything like that. And then Bendis like writes out all the stuff that I like. Like him and Lois are suddenly like kind of at odds, and and John is going off into space, and so he comes no, back I'm, and I'm he's a fucking teenager. <laughs> right. I did. I did start picking up uh, the League of Superheroes because I want to see where that goes. Yep, I picked that up too. Yeah. All right, so Jesse, I got a three-part question for you. So still kind of focusing on kind of the movies. Uh, what would you say is kind of your least favorite, or one of your least favorite movies? My least favorite movies. So I mean, I I think I listened to your last interview, or last episode I heard too, with the guy who just said uh, he avoided movies he didn't think were going to be good. So like, I can't say like the classic ones. Like everybody says, Catwoman is bad, but I avoided that one. Um, <laughs> right. I, I didn't watch the Joker movie. Um, mm. Like I, I know you guys are, are big into that, but I didn't really have, I thought there was too much negativity in the world and I didn't want to, to try to encourage that. So I didn't have much interest in, in seeing, uh, seeing the, the Joker movie. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting talking to Dr. Doug last time. And he was the first person that we, at least that I came across that, wasn't a big fan of it and i appreciated his perspective on it and like i think from a comic fan and from somebody from the outside of that um you know mental health aspect i was just marveling at the performance but i can appreciate your stance on that sure it's so interesting that you're pretty solid in in your conviction and although it's a comic book movie you enjoy that kind of giant that you're still not you know, there's something about it that kind of goes goes against your own personal principles as far as, you know, not wanting to put in kind of more negativity into the world. That there's something that personally it was it, it, it didn't stand with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Jesse, you're kind of I hate to bring up this dead horse, um, but it, that kind of resonates with me about one of the themes we talked about when we had our many conversations about the Watchmen series. Just I don't really want some of these polarizing themes just kind of dominating some of my entertainment of course they're going to show up but it's like you know if i have a choice i respect the fact to tap out and be like i don't i don't really want to i don't i don't want to go there um my my second part to this question would be um what movie would you like to see that isn't that hasn't come out yet oh man a movie that i'd like to see that hasn't come out yet uh i mean are you talking about stuff like that's in production right now or just uh, or like if you had a choice, yeah, I mean, it could be something that's in the pipeline or something that you that was like, man, it'd be really cool if we could do, you know, um, you know, Ace the the Bat Dog, you know, movie, you know, whatever. The Crypto and Ace adventure or something. I don't know. I would watch that. Crypto and Ace, like, be better than Homeward Bound or. And get crypto in there too, man. We'll have just like a homeward bound superhero adventure. <laughs> I mean, I'd really like to see a. I'd want to see a really good, like Green Lantern movie, yeah. like where it's. I, I mean, maybe it has to be animated or or done like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or something, but uh, mm-hmm. a really good one. I don't think they've they haven't done a Green Lantern has not been done justice on on the screen. I think he could be. Uh, any of them could be a great character. Any Green Lantern or even the whole core, like that would just be the way to go. I think a Green Lantern movie would have to be almost a total mind fuck like The Matrix was when it came out. Like you were just blown away. Like they did new things to where you're like, holy shit. Like it'd have to be something over the top to where yeah. 
it have to be something completely new. That's just my opinion. Like you said before, Robbery, like how do you do a Green Lantern movie right? I think they'd have to just change everything. It'd have to be like an Avatar experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they could do that too. Like they, they have the whole universe. They could have it be really immersive and have you go like Avatar seemed like it was a movie that was like a National Geographic like travel movie. Like let's go yeah, visit yeah. this world and, and dig in. They could do that with Green Lantern. Yeah, and I think that's one of the unfortunate things about um, the disaster that was Justice League because I know you know there was there was more like I don't know Rich there was more like previews of the core in that right with some of the some of the stuff that was cut out. I I, I mean I have no doubt there was going to be two at least two I believe Green Lanterns in that movie and uh, you know whether that'll work or not but I know that they were going to be a part of it instead of just a backstory preview the way it was presented in the Justice League movie but I don't know yeah and, and Jesse that's a common I think what Rich Antoine said he'd like to see a Green Lantern movie I think it's a pretty common response and I'm kind of in agreement with the core like there's endless possibilities of what you could do and it'd be really cool if somebody could just you know, get something on paper and get something moving Green yeah. Lantern wise. Yeah. You know what that movie? Because I just rewatched Justice League this weekend, and I think they need to introduce him in a movie like that. Because although there was that one clip of a Green Lantern when they were explaining who Steppenwolf was, yeah, it's so CGI'd in that sense of it. But they they with Justice League they need more. It just felt like a real Green Lantern scene because yeah. the characters were so real. It's like it grounded him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Right. It grounded him. wasn't so CGI. There was something that we can kind of something tangible to it if he was in the mix of all of it. I think that's what what, what would help. Well, yeah, and I would almost think you could maybe do something similar to the way, um, you know, like the beginning of Batman v Superman, where they just referenced huge chunks of Man of Steel. Like you could reference those same, you know, loops from Justice League when you get, you know, a Green Lantern moving going. Just that's just one option you could do to kind of make it a universe continuity since technically on screen, if we delete the Ryan Reynolds movie, you know, there is no green lantern. There is no green lantern, you know, in the universe, at least in the movie universe anyway. Um, So the last part to this question, Jesse, so if you could change a comic movie to your liking, uh, what would it be and why? So maybe something that's already been created. If you could tweak it, change it to your liking, what would that be and why? So, you guys, when I, I Rob sent me some stuff about the the Snyder Cut before, and I heard you guys talking about it, I did, I kind of like to. I don't know that I'd agree with the vision, but I would like to see that that finished. Like I'd like to see the the whole part. I would like to see Darkseid on the Dark Side on on screen. I'd like to see them finish that. Like it seemed like the stuff I think uh, you got, you forwarded me was they were talking about how they were trying to set up the beginning of the the universe where maybe it's dark, and then they're kind of trying to bring in the the hopeful a- aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where this is like the the origin story of of how Superman became a good character. Yeah. Um, so if that, if they're going like that route, I'd absolutely be on board with like seeing the the Snyder cut come to to fruition and, and seeing how mm-hmm. that goes. Um, I think that could be really good. Uh, I'd like to see like if I were going to remake a movie, like I saw the the Suicide Squad at the Dollar Theater and thought I got ripped off. <laughs> that's a fucking. Oh, that's a new dude. one. That's a new one. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> like I'd like to see, like they could remake that where, I mean Harley Quinn she was eye candy but she's not really didn't seem like a as far as I knew like a part of the team from a, a comics perspective and 
Preach. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not down with, with just eye candy for the sake of eye candy. I want yeah, it to be a story. I'm, I'm an old married man now. I My wife's beautiful. I don't need to, to have all the eye candy on the screen. I like it. Right. It's just, I like it too, but it, it, it's also like, it's just cheap writing, you know? It's like, let's not be lame. Yeah, I mean, it was Suicide Squad, and I, I don't know if any of like the main characters actually really died. <laughs> I would have much rather have seen Harley Quinn in the Jester outfit the whole fucking movie rather than some booty shorts and I've got Daddy Issues t-shirt or whatever the hell she was wearing. Like, that would have just been, I would have, I would have paid, that would have gone to see it a couple times if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Pay homage to her creation in the animated series. Absolutely. I mean, Kevin Smith named his daughter after her, and now she's like this huge iconic figure. And Can you tell us, is there anything that you, uh, we appreciate you listening, and any reviews that you would write for us, that'd be great. Uh, can you tell us, what would you like to hear from us on future episodes? So I really like hearing the, the three of you guys when you're, you're bantering and you're talking about your lives and what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. I like it, your takes on the comics. Like, you guys have turned me on to some stuff that I didn't, wasn't aware about. Um so I, I like getting to get kind of an outside perspective. I like hearing uh, how you guys, where you came from and how you reconnect. I think it's really cool that it's like three friends. Uh, I mean, I guess two brothers and a friend. Although I guess you guys are friends too still. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, like coming back together to reconnect over, over over comics. I love that. I love that you guys' kind of shared story and, and uh, mythos of, of all that. Um, and I like the call. I like the call outs to Columbus. Um, I like the the interview you guys did with the the writer of Hawkeye. I thought that was really cool. Um, so anything like you guys can do of that. Uh, I thought that was a pretty big pull for for a show yeah. that's just kind of starting out. Um, and I like to get to to know you guys more. Like when I don't know if you guys were rolling at the beginning, but I, I feel like I was telling Mark when when I came on that I feel like I know him a little bit, even though he didn't know me at all, because I've I've heard him talk and I got a sense of what he likes. Um, I know how much he likes birds of prey. I know all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's kind of neat. I, I like getting to know you guys. So anything you can do to include more insight into to your life would be a okay by me. We appreciate that. So we'll definitely do that. We'll we'll definitely incorporate that into future episodes. Well, Jesse, I just want to let you know that you're kind of the uh, the inspiration to this segment that we're doing on the show because Rob reported that. You were back at the comics store buying comics, and you were really enjoying the podcast. So we kind of just—I just want to let you know that you're kind of that inspiration for this home-based communications to try to reach out to people that listen and try to get their their take on the genre and stuff like that. So I, I feel you—you—you you, uh, you should know that. And uh, the final question that I got is: uh, Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've been wanting to. I know Mark's over in New York, and I've been worried about it. I'm like, you okay? You hanging in there? I am. I am. It's definitely. It's been. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's been very, very eerie. It's definitely a new normal. I wear. I, le- I wear gloves when I leave the house. I wear a mask. Mm. I'm completely covered. Going to the grocery store. You know, there are now plastic barriers between the customer and the cashier. We have to stand six feet away from each other. There are lines outside the grocery store because they're only allowing fifty people in at a time. The trains are completely empty, and it's just every, everyone's wearing masks outside. No one's going out. Rockefeller Center, Grand Central, Times Square, it's all completely empty. It's completely empty. And it's kind of sad to see the city in that state. It's very eerie. It's very quiet. And it's just we, we don't know when this is really going to end. I mean, New York is supposed to reopen May 15th, but even with that, 
still we don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, that's that's frightening. It is. It's really scary. Uh, you know, I, I don't leave the house except to go to the grocery store. Um, so I, I'm washing my hands constantly. I'm staying in because I've just it's people are really dying from this. And it's really scary because we there is no vaccine or anything. It's really kind of scary. Yeah. But I so appreciate you, feel, you asking. Do you feel like uh, comics are a way to kind of get like an outlet or a bit of hope during this time? Absolutely. I was t- <laughs> telling you because I actually rediscovered some issues that I, I had put on the list to look for at, at future cons. And I actually had a few of them that I didn't even know I had. And I was so <laughs> excited to see them because they were done by my favorite artist, who is John Byrne. And I, t- I mean, I, it, his artwork struck me so much that I had to text Rich on yep. the first page because I was so <laughs> awestruck by his artwork. I mean, it completely took me away from, oh, I forgot I'm quarantined. Do you know what I mean? I just got lost. <laughs> it did. I got lost in his story and the writing and his in his artwork and that has really been his what saved me. So what are like uh, some uplifting stories or like times to, like what is your favorite like, I'm in a quarantine, I need to have a long run of comics or something uplifting to, to change my mind. What's your what's your like number one uh, or series or or something like that to, to read to take you out of this kind of time? Well, it's a good, great question because actually we're doing our countdown of our top 10. And my number four is actually, and you mentioned this earlier, is it's, I don't know if you guys remember the series. It came out in the summer of 96 is uh, the Batman Chronicles. Yep. Do you yep. remember that? Okay, so my issue was number five, and it tells. I think the that's story. how. Uh, I think that's how Greg Rucka got into comics at DC. Was that who wrote it? I'd hate to put you on the spot like that. Um, no, not this particular issue. No. Okay. All right. Um, but this particular issue that I'm holding, it tells a story of Batgirl and how she lost her the use of her legs. And in this particular issue, it tells her, okay, so she's you know now paralyzed, and her moving into her father's apartment, you know, Commissioner Gordon, and how she's been down. She doesn't want to leave the house. She, the first time she does leave the house, she's attacked, and how she kind of redefines herself and is no longer going to be thought of as a victim, and she goes online and finds her attacker. And so she's just using all her computer skills as all those years as working in a library. She has a computer, and that's the, and she, so begins her identity as Oracle. Mm. And at the end, she meets up with a guy who teaches martial arts. But he, it's a, it's it's through just your hands, and it, it, I think they're like these sticks that you use. I don't know the name of them, but she learns how to fight. He goes, she goes to the park every day, and he doesn't let up on her. And she learns how to, she learns a certain form of martial arts with her hands, and she no longer becomes a victim. And now, in the last panel, last page, you see her with the birds chirping. She goes out at Gotham City, and she just kind of redefines herself. So it takes you through that whole, like, her hopelessness and her redefining herself and gaining her strength of character again. And that's one of the things that I've been reading, because although I'm in the house, you know, this, this there will come an end to this. You know what I'm saying? You know, yep. hope, isn't, hope isn't lost. And the, 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 now is not the time to be depressed and just to keep myself going, keep myself active again. So that was actually my number four comic and that's what's been keeping me not only entertained but keeping the hope alive hell yeah i just feel like i got some spoilers right there that was awesome oh great <laughs> yeah yeah that's the issue that i'm holding in my hand that was going to be my number four so jesse so, for me that something that comes to mind like because i was reminded of this so as mark was sharing like barbara gordon's resilience is um one of the ones that I was going to talk about was Batman 497 where he gets his back broken, but like through the nightfall night quest and night end, 
there's I can't remember the specific issues, but there are he Batman is kind of timid as he's rehabbing and he, mm-hmm. he will walk to the edge of a building and he's contemplating whether he's going to throw the bat rope and, 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 you know, make the jump. And I think he ends up uh, surrendering and backing down at least twice. But then he finally, you know, and then he'll he came back and then finally threw the bat rope. And that was like his final like Ooh, test wow. to kind of get back into into the, the mantle of the bat, which I always thought was like a cool sign of I've, I've been broken. I've, I've had my ass kicked, but. I, I'm not ready. Okay, let's try this again. All right, I'm still not ready, but I'm still trying. And then finally, it's like, all right, let's. I'm game. Let's do this. So that was kind of my. That's what I kind of think about as my inspirational story is my quarantine care package. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I'm gonna have to check that out. A couple years back, I had uh, shoulder surgery, and since then, I've had some of them moments too, where like you have to build faith back up in your body that you, the stuff can can work. And I've had moments like like where Batman's having that. So I'm gonna have to check that story out and that'll be a nice relatable one. And that is a huge say, stack of books. So that'll keep you occupied for a while. <laughs> good. I, we have time. That's right. right. <laughs> and then I like Mark's story. Like I, I like that, that like Barbara Gordon, she's uh, I think like in this times, like focusing on what you can control. Like yeah. when he when he was talking about that, like that's what that reminded me of. Like Barbara Gordon, there's many things she can't control, but the things she can control, she is. And then that's just leading to a, a good, positive outcome. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, not only did she learn to control it, she excelled at it and has become a member of the Justice League. And she's like a prime member of the DC Universe. You know, she, I mean, for so long when she was Oracle, she had she was like, I would say like the the she started the Birds of Prey. You know what I mean? In one particular issue of the Birds of Prey issue of um, Birds of Prey comics that I loved, one issue, she started dating this guy. And this guy turned out to be not who he said he was. And she brings him back to her. She brings him back to her apartment. And he ends up bringing two guys with him. And they try and jump her. And they try and rob her. But she kicks their ass, all three of them. She's she's doing all this in a wheelchair. I mean, her whole apartment is voice activated. That's only it's all through electronics. So she's I remember. So she tells them to turn the lights out. And in the side of her wheelchair, she has these night vision goggles. So they're blind. They they're in the dark. She can see them. They can't see her. And she's whooping their ass. I mean, she's the Barbara Gordon. I'm telling you why. I just got goosebumps. She had the uh, smart home before it was even a thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah, she had the smartphone because she had to make it accessible for her because she was paralyzed. But she not only did she, you know, she excelled at the things that she that she could control. She excelled at. So it was almost like she wasn't even disabled. She was excellent. Nice. What about you, Rich? You got any suggestions? Well, since we're going ahead and giving up our uh, our top four. I uh I went with I've been read reading Alan Moore's uh Swamp Thing 43 from December 1985 and uh this is right around the time where he's working with John Constantine and uh he's figuring out that he can grow himself in other locations throughout the world. He doesn't he's not just confined to the swamp and uh when he grows he has like these I don't want to say polyps cuz that just sounds disgusting but he has these, like these <laughs> these like fruit growths that grow on him and this quote unquote hippie because he shows up in the comic and he's got like the peace sign and he's got the smiley face and all the emblems of of a jean jacket and he finds this like fruit and he was just coasting through the swamp just trying to find probably trying to find mushrooms and other uh, you know hallucinogens and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and uh, he takes it back to his apartment and this guy shows up and he's like hey do you have anything and and you know in the form of like weed 
or other drugs because his wife is dying and he wants something to take the edge off. And he's like, I don't have anything, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to clean up my life. I don't have anything. And he's like, you know, I have this, this fruit or this plant. Uh, you could take a slice of that if you want. And so he takes a slice of it. And then this later on in the issue, this other guy shows up not too good. Obviously he was like a dealer at some point and he's like, you have anything, you have any weed or you have anything? And he's like, no, I don't have anything. So he gives him, he gives this guy a slice of it and come to find out like it, if you're a good person, it gives you somewhat good results. And if you're not such a good person, it doesn't give you good results. So Mm. this guy, he takes it and he basically almost turns into a version of Swamp Thing in his mind and everybody turns to monsters and it's not a really pleasant experience. Well, the chick who's dying of cancer takes it and it's like a it's like a psychedelic beautiful thing. Like she sees beautiful things in the world. She sees her husband. They make love for one final time and then she passes peacefully. And like he goes back to him, he's like, I really appreciate you giving me that, you know, she she went peacefully. It's really good and I appreciate it. So like I don't want to like spin it to where like that's what other people are going through right now, but it's like, you know, it's a different take on hope and stuff like that and where other people are suffering and sometimes in the last moments it's kind of peaceful and stuff like that. So that was mine. Nice. And Alan Moore's just he's we've said it before, he's a fucking genius. Like that dude can write some shit, man. <laughs> indeed all right well um jesse i really appreciate you taking the time and on such short notice to uh invite us into your uh evening in quarantine for a little bit to answer some questions and again um really appreciate that you're kind of a a consistent listener and you're always willing to send me stuff and and give me some thoughts so i really appreciate it yeah it's great talking to you and and meeting you jesse good meeting you too mark it's good talking to you guys. I'm really honored to be on your your podcast. We'll have to invite you back, sir. I'll have to send you some That's messages great. so we can uh, talk Superman comics, my man. Hey, I'd like that. All right, Jesse, we'll let you get on with your evening, and uh, I'm going to go to bed myself. So. <laughs> All right. I really appreciate it, Jesse. Enjoy Thanks, your buddy. night. Stay safe. Hey, you too. Night, guys. Good night. All right. Bye. All right, so that was uh, Jesse Weber. Um, I was thinking about getting him on the show for a while now, so I'm glad we were able to kind of sit down with him and chat for a bit. Yeah, man. I didn't know he was such a big Superman fan, dude. That's fucking awesome. I love it. I figured I'd save it for the show so that you could be pleasantly surprised. You know, always thinking of you. Well, I'm glad we got to. I'm glad I got to tell him that he was kind of the uh, inspiration for the home based communication. So uh, uh, I really, I love that he's back at the comic store picking up issues. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to recap with you guys since uh, we did a, a pretty solid. Um, review of our number four picks in our countdown. Um, I just want to kind of share a little bit more about mine because um, it's Batman 497. So obviously we're talking about what what kind of brings me hope. And I, that's obviously the issue where Batman's um, back is broken. So um, we talked about this on future on, on previous episodes. I really like this the strategy of Bane, how he wears Batman down and catches him at his like most vulnerable, which, as you all know, doesn't happen very often. Um, right. But I think I, I, I just think right now my love for Batman, that issue had to be in my top 10 just for symbolic as well as the story is just great. But I think it, it's a good representation of, you know, where we're at right now like in many ways we are broken you know like we are are definitely broken (laughs) right it's like you know i I was 
talking about wanting to kind of flush out some of the deeper themes and we don't know what the solution is going to be. You know, we, we don't know when a vaccine will be ready. We don't know what, you know, to Mark's point, you know, New York's opening up on the 15th of May. We're opening up in Ohio on the 1st of May, but we don't know what that looks like. Right. Like that's not back to normal, you know? So I think, to kind of continue with the theme I was talking about in the night quest and the night ends after the nightfall, we're at the fall point right now. Right. You know, so it's like, we're, we're going to go to the ledge. We're going to back off, you know, we're going to have to, you know, recalibrate. We're going to go to the edge again and we're going to have to back off and recalibrate. But eventually I think it, we are resilient people. Um, we're going to cast that bat rope and we're going to, we're going to fly. So I think it's just, we've got to, we've got to maintain the course and protect each other, you know, pray for our loved ones, pray for our, our species, (laughs) our future. Right. Um, but I think in, although that book is a symbol of a rare vulnerability in the character of Batman, I think it's also a place that you can draw some humanity and some suffering, which, you know, we will all experience in this life. It's just the nature of life, but that that's not the end and that there's much more to that story. And there's hope for tomorrow, even though sadly some of us won't be here. So preach. (laughs) Yeah. So on that note, um, no, you said it all. I mean, it's true, you know? So Rob's number four pick, back to the top ten, is Batman 497. Yep. Back in July of 1993. Ooh, I almost said 94. Ugh, 93. Right. Got me. Mark, what was yours, Batman Chronicles? Batman Chronicles number five in the summer of 96. Boom. And then mine was Swamp Thing number 43 from December 1985. Alan Moore. Do you guys have any of those, the Batman Chronicles? Yes. Yeah, we have some. Do you? Yeah, I only have Act 2. All right, and then, uh, you know, if you're bored and, uh, like us, confined to our houses and, uh, oh, dude, I, I meant to tell you guys this earlier. So I've been trying to get the kids off their tablets and shit, right? I want them to do other things. I want them to color. I want them to draw. And, uh, you know, they weren't on their electronics today, but we watched some, uh, I let them watch some TV. So I hooked up the old Batman, the animated series. And they've watched the Superman cartoon before, but I've started from episode one. And episode two is your ultimate favorite, the Christmas with the Joker. But I was, I, I think... Cole watched probably, I probably shouldn't say this, probably 15 episodes in a row. And uh, I was preparing for the show, so I was in my office, and I just, the music of that cartoon was yep. just so dynamic. It was like a symphony every episode. Like, I couldn't hear the dialogue. I was in my office, and just the overwhelming, it was just, it's like a symphony every episode. And just the music was amazing, and I it's it was it's an amazing show and he was so pissed when i told him he had to shut it off to go eat dinner because he wanted to keep watching it so uh i thought that'd be fun to share you have them all don't you uh i just streamed it through the uh, dc universe app so i don't have the dvds but they were watching it on the app but um yeah so So are you gonna do batman beyond next yeah i think I'll, i'll think i'll uh i think the batman adventures is on there also i think i'll do that um before batman beyond but um 
I mean, the first season of that was like, what, like 86 episodes or something crazy? It was something oh, weird. Animated series? Yeah. Uh, I think it was pretty standard. No, I think the first season was lumped in. There was only like technically two seasons of it, but I mean, the first season could could have counted for like three. Well, so there's three seasons, like, but I don't know if they counted them as, quote, seasons back then, but... Technically, the fourth season was the new Batman Adventures, yeah. where they did the new artwork. Yeah. So there were there's four quote seasons altogether. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with other creative ways to entertain the kids, and they they sat there and they, they ate it up, man. So the '92 Batman the animated series still stands up the test of time with modern technology infused kids. So so it's, it's pretty cool. Speaking of, um, it's still technology related, uh, introduced, uh, Elliot and Jensen to Mario 64. <laughs> uh, so they, they kind of got familiar with Mario through the switch that they got for Christmas. But I was like, let me show you one of the most revolutionary video games of all time. Oh, absolutely. Which arguably is Mario 64, you know, breaking the barrier of the 2d video game with class right yep yep um you had some renditions of that before but nothing like that so that's that's kind of tapping into our childhood yeah good old good old 96 97 i think is when we got it yeah we relate to the game like you couldn't get that for christmas remember yeah i do do you remember that mark you go into toys r us when the 64 came out there was like 10 TV setup that you could play it and like yeah. everybody was playing that thing. So just to recap what uh, Gib recommended for, uh, you know, isolation reading, it was uh, Once in Future and uh, Hellboy and Bone. So mm-hmm. those are some good picks. So I don't know, guys. So good episode. Good talking yeah. with you guys. And uh, Mark, continue to stay safe. Rob, continue to stay safe. And uh, like I said before, hopefully we'll be laughing about this here pretty soon. Let's we hope and hope. pray. That's right. We can hope and pray. Thanks, you guys. Until next time, this is Rich. This is Mark. Be sure to check us out at Heroes Home Base Podcast on Facebook. Or leave us an email at heroeshomebase at gmail.com. And be sure to leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. This is Rob. And again, everybody out there, um, stay safe and really appreciate you listening to us, uh, not just in quarantine, but since we've been doing this. So, And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking us out. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting this RMR production.